This week's winner of our photo contest was Brian Thompson. So Brian submitted a photo to our Facebook page of a awesome rooftop sign that was cut out into the shape of a star for a taxi service for a building that was up in Massachusetts, I believe. But either way, it was a really cool looking sign. I know a couple other people on there liked it as well. So congratulations, Brian. You are the winner of a free kit from railroadkits.com from us, as well as an HO scale customs koozie. We'll be sending that out shortly and look for a message from me, Brett, uh, for some information on how to get that to you. So congrats again. Now, if you want to be like Brian and all of our other past winners, you can enter this week's contest where we're looking for a photo of your biggest building. We're not pitting up buildings against each other as far as size-wise, so don't worry if you don't have one that's as big as someone else's, but we're just looking for a photo of the biggest building on your layout or one that you've done on a diorama. So you can submit that to uh, either podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com, which is our email, or you can comment with a photo of it on our pinned post for this week's um, this week's podcast episode on our Facebook page. All right, guys, again, we're looking for the biggest building and you'll receive a kit from railroadkits.com. Our recording. Yeah, I don't know what those gremlins were last week, Dad. We got those soundboard gremlins worked out this time, so. Sounds good. Whatever. All right, we're good to go. I'm going to hit the intro, and then we're going to jump right into um, talking a little bit about what you guys have going on, and then uh, roll from there. Great. You're listening to the... I just goofed that up already. You're listening to the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. This is episode 84. So... Welcome to the Benchtime Podcast, guys. Um, we have Jake Johnson and David Meek of Crescent Creek Models um, joining us this week. They were actually on not too long ago on episode 74, and they couldn't talk too much about what they had up their sleeves. And I think now we can get all the, the down low on everything that they've been up to. So welcome, guys. I mean, we're, we, my dad and I are super pumped to uh, talk to you today. Thanks. It's great to be here. We can we can yeah. reveal what's up our sleeves now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a little less mysterious this time. So, do you want to go through quickly, um, kind of what has uh, developed for you in the last? You know, we we're talking just before we started recording the last few days. Yeah, how quickly had, everything's you know, kind of. We um, had them on about a month and a half ago. I'm talking over you. Sorry, man. That's all right. I was just going to say, maybe they can roll into um, kind of how quickly this has kind of unfolded for them and, and what they have. Yeah, yeah, because we they had a surprise a month and a half ago. You guys had a surprise, and uh, but we yeah. couldn't really talk about it. So we just kind of right. we just kind of teased the hell out of everybody, and now we, <laughs> we we now we want you to share it. So what's going on? Because there's a lot going on for you guys. Well, I well, I, I can kind of start. Um, you go, Jake. The, the anniversary of Walt Disney's barn at Griffith Park for the last, has, it's been there for the last 20 years. That anniversary event was last uh, Saturday night. And so we've been ramping up the uh, anniversary of the barn event with our release of this kit. And so it was first revealed there. We wanted the big tie-in with that, with that event moment, and we've been rolling out uh, releases up to now. Dave can kind of talk about what's recently happened. 
And then we also have a uh, an event coming up for the public on Sunday at Walt Disney's barn oh, wow. to commemorate the barn anniversary and, of course, to sell our kits. But it's mostly about the anniversary of the barn. And, and, and of course, the kits are by Crescent Creek Models. That's CrescentCreekModel.com. And uh, we'll put the link up onto the onto the show notes as yeah, well yeah. for everybody to go to. But, but um, yeah, so, yeah, so tell this, us all about this, Dave. Go ahead. Well, it's well, it's a, it's a model of Walt Disney's barn, uh, which you know, if, to people who aren't familiar with it, might not sound too exciting. Hey, a barn's a barn. But uh, this barn, this is a very special barn that he built on his property in uh, in L.A. when he when he uh, when he lived in uh, Holmby Hills. Okay. And it it's a um, it's it's a, kind of a classic looking red barn, uh, but it was the operational headquarters for his backyard railroad. He, I mean, most people know he had a live steam. Uh, Backyard Railroad. Wow! Yeah, they called the Carrollwood Pacific. Yeah, and so this was kind of the oper- This was the workshop, but the operational headquarters, and a place where he could go and relax, uh, get away from the pressures of the studio, do his model railroad stuff, just like the rest of us. And so this was uh, this was the this was that place, and it was originally built in late 1949, early 1950. Uh, on the property there and then moved in 1999 to Griffith Park after the family sold the uh, the Holmby Hills property and it was uh, basically taken all apart and then rebuilt in Griffith Park and this this event that Jake was just talking about was the 20th anniversary of that and we have been working on this we got this crazy idea to do the to we you know <laughs> we've been wanting to do something like this we got this crazy idea to do this kit and uh about seven months ago and we thought said well um wouldn't it be great if we could get it done in time for this 20th anniversary event and have it you know fold into that so that's what we did. We've been working our hineys off to get this thing ready to go, and so we launched it at the uh, at the uh, at the barn event on Saturday, and uh, and it's now available for pre-order. And we're going to be shipping probably in the early fall, and we're very excited about this. It's an O scale, by the way. Everybody didn't mention that. Um, it's a it's a really really nice looking I, I like to think it's the best model of Walt Disney's barn that's ever been done there haven't been that many and <laughs> so there's not a lot of competition but <laughs> we uh, this is the first real kit that's been offered of this very iconic structure that has so much history with the Disney family and the Walt Disney Company too it's beautiful I mean I'm looking at the photos of it here now you put them on Facebook and and uh, they're just it's it's a it's beautifully modeled of course too but um it's it's a beautiful it's a it's in when i first saw it i'm thinking oh my gosh is that a real barn i mean it's it's really well <laughs> it's like yeah, no i mean it's like yeah, it, it has that look like a real barn I mean, it's like it's not aged it looks like it's being used now you know the way you model it right. and, yeah uh, yeah and, and right. it, it, doesn't look like it's been you know aged like like Todd and Brett got a hold of it and, and threw like a hundred pounds of rust <laughs> and peel all the paint off the walls, you know. Right. So, <laughs> it's, it's modeled to it's modeled to match the appearance of the barn as it appears now and as it appeared on Walt Disney's property. It's very lightly weathered. 
and of course, since it's Walt Disney and on his property, right. it would have been uh, as it would have been prototype for it to be well taken, right. taken care of as well. So it wouldn't have been let run right. down. Sure, right? It yeah. have been a, it's not a fallen down barn, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you could certainly model it that way if you wanted to, but <laughs> that's not what the prototype looks like. Right. Yeah. And this barn is called the Carrollwood Barn, and, and right. uh, I don't think I, I don't think you guys were saying it didn't, I don't know if you guys didn't say that or not. Uh, I believe they did, but it did. Yeah. His house was on Carrollwood Drive in Holmby Hills, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a pun because the name of his railroad was the Carrollwood Pacific, and the live steam locomotive he had, his, his number one locomotive, was a model of Central Pacific 173 at 440. So the CP, so he could use the CP from Central Pacific and have it be Carrollwood Pacific. So that's where all that started. It was just the name of the street where his house was located. Huh. And, and, and what so year? Right. How long ago was that when when he, he had that was this barn? And that's when he had it built. Uh, yeah, late nineteen forty nine, early nineteen fifty. Yeah, right around. Okay. There. Uh, did, he, did he keep horses? Did he have horses on the on the well, in the barn? Or no, no. It was a workshop. It was a workshop for the okay. railroad. It's he, a, oh, know, okay, okay. Yeah, he went over and a, and a workbench. We yeah. That's this I think he kept his model trains. Yeah, he was talking. He we just went over that. That he was saying that's where his workshop oh, was so for I his. So I must have zoned out there. So he had a, I I mean, You said okay. he had a. He had a f- <laughs> hey, that's hey, okay. well, I have to. I don't time, mind man. myself. <laughs> I had a beer. All right, relax. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yes, it was his workshop for his live steam engine. He had a okay. real live okay. metal steam exactly. engine. Exactly for, for the Carol. But I'm looking yeah, at right. it. Well, I'm looking at it as a barn, and it looks like it has you know. Like it would have stables. Well, yeah. Why? Why has, build it you know. otherwise? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't know. I knew. <laughs> it. It's all right. We'll cut if you some If it was slack. really a ranch barn, it would have double doors for feeding for the animals on the sides, and it wouldn't have so many windows. That's kind of the difference, I think, between Walt's barn and an actual barn on a farm or a stable. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The the barn itself is is. Walt had very fond memories of growing up uh, on a farm in Marceline, Missouri, where there was a barn where he put on his first show for his friends, where he would go and play hide and seek, where he would go and you know daydream about the future. And so he had this barn built on his property in Los Angeles based on his recollections of that barn, his nostalgic recollections gotcha. of that barn in Marceline. So that was a real working barn that he grew up with. But then when he was, you know, head of the studio and all that he uh he wanted something to remember that on his property and that's what he built very cool so um the so he's kind of rehashing some old childhood memories when he's when he's designing and building this this barn um now familiar (laughs) what's that Sounds familiar, like we all do with yeah, railroads. I mean, all, all of our exactly. all of our own history of what we remember kind of comes out in our artwork, anyways. Um, right. But now, I kind of want to get into the um, the. I'm sure the process for designing it was actually pretty straightforward. I'm sure there were plans available for you guys since it wasn't too old. Um, you were able to work off of probably pretty pretty detailed uh like dimensions and sizes already right 
Well, yes and no. Oh, good. <laughs> this makes it even more exciting. Jake, Jake, Jake drew. I mean, we shared a lot of the work. Uh, I did some parts, and Jake did some parts. Jake did most of the okay. Film. So uh, he should probably answer this. Okay, Jake, go ahead. Okay, what was involved in doing this? <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll kind of fill you in. Um, we found some drawings uh, that we think the barn was built to, and they were probably drawings by, done by a studio uh, draftsman, and we based our barn on that. Wow, wow. But those drawings didn't have accurate dimensions and appearance of the <laughs> windows. Okay. We had to go down and measure the windows. I almost got kicked off the property because we were trying to keep it a secret. Uh, hide, you know, running behind bushes and measuring things and counting things. So I had to go inside the building and start measuring the windows. I really wanted to make sure we got that right to capture the flavor because I really felt like the drawings missed out. So I drew that. Um, there's a very unique weather vane that you see pictures of. And Dave and I looked at some model or some miniature weather vanes that people were offering for sale. And Dave and I looked at that and said, this isn't good enough. I found the image of the same weather vane on the internet and compared it to photographs. And so between the internet and a photograph image, Dave and I spent an awful lot of time getting <laughs> the weather vane exactly like his. Dave uh, drew the north, south, east, west letters based on the photographs. And so that process, that was that process. And when Dave uh, actually photo etched all of the uh, hardware and the weather vane that you see on our prototype kit. So oh, wow. kudos to Dave that off. The weather vane, it's, it's one of the smallest parts <laughs> on the thing, but we spent more time because the barn is, you know, it's basically a box with windows and, and doors. But the uh, the weather vane and the little cupola up on top, we spent more time on that than everything else. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a challenge. That was the biggest challenge was uh, uh, getting that stuff done. Yeah, you know, it looks it looks it tells the story of you know it kind of that tells the story, but what it kind of yeah it does it defines that it defines that barn because you matched it. You know, it, it, that's what yeah. it does. You know, we we that's figured awesome. our fans wanted that. Yeah, we couldn't leave it out. Yeah, it, it had to be there yeah. uh, because that's one of the defining characteristics of, of this structure. Right. It's just people would notice if it's not there. Yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's something I'm sure that when you're there and you're looking at the barn in person, it's you notice it right away. It's a it's a it's something oh, yeah. that just stands out. So it would look almost naked without it. People that know the barn would be like, hey, wait, where's the cupola or where's the weather vane up top? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got that, and we also got the stone foundation that you see there. Uh, there, there's. We found some stones leading up to the barn that are on the property now, but we wanted the stones to kind of carry all the way around because right now the building has a concrete foundation and it's got dirt and bushes up against it, and you can't see it. But we're just kind of put our spin on it and had all the river rock laying around the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, and and Dave found some photographs and created the uh, artwork based on some river rock. He can kind of go into that, but we wanted that stone foundation on the barn, and there's a little hidden surprise Dave can kind of elaborate on. Yeah, let's hear about that. <laughs> Ooh, uh, we, we haven't told anybody about that. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the stone foundation, by the way, is not 
plaster or resin or anything like that. It's not a casting. It's uh-huh. it's laser etched MB and MDF. Huh. So we created our Right. So uh, we had that. We had the. We created the the, the artwork to have those stones laser etched. And in, I got to back up a little bit. Um, the barn is often cited as the birthplace of Disney Imagineering, uh, which is because this is the place that Walt would go and dream and come up with ideas. And it's built in kind of a quaint, charming style, like a lot of the structures at Disneyland. Um, so it's often cited. This is this is where Imagineering began. Uh and there's a tradition in Imagineering projects that there's usually something hidden um, <laughs> in them, which sharp-eyed fans can find if they know where to look. And there's, there's, usually, like hidden, an there's usually a hidden Mickey. No, yeah, a little Easter egg. There's a hidden Mickey, the shape of, of, of Mickey Mouse head somewhere hidden in every attraction that Disney builds on at every park. There's, there's a hidden Mickey somewhere. So we wanted to throw that in here. And so somewhere on the barn in the stonework, there's, there's a hidden Mickey. So Very oh, cool. good luck finding cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> we, haven't met that, we haven't mentioned that to anybody. So that's exclusive for you guys. You're the, we're the only people, you're the only people who've told that. To that's awesome. awesome. But I'm not going to tell anybody where it is. <laughs> uh, well, that would no, no, no. person knows, but, but, uh, um, no, that's awesome. I mean, that's that's so ingenious to do that, and it, you know, you're following right along with the theme of it all uh, because that's sure, what they would have sure. done as well. So cool. And now, mm-hmm. now the roof on this thing. What kind of mm-hmm. um, what kind of roofing material did you use? It's really, really. I love it. I love it. I love the colors, it's the coloring of it. Real. It's real cedar. Those are. It's real cedar shakes. Oh wow! Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, scoured the internet for a supplier, and uh, we had to make a large minimum order just to finish our pilot model. And so we found real western cedar, and it's been stained with a really light uh, black and brown alcohol uh, uh, shoe dye stain mm-hmm. that I made. It was one of those uh, less is more with a stain kind of thing. I wanted the wood grain to show. I wanted the roof to look like it was more sun bleached as opposed to gotten darker over time right and we don't have any really great pictures of the barn now because it has a ceramic tile shingle roof that looks like wood mm-hmm. and it's been painted and, ca- and cast a certain color so we're kind of uh you know finding the the proper impression of those cedar shingles as his barn would have had on right. his property so that was right. uh they're peel and stick too, right, Jake? Uh, they've got yeah, they are. stick backing on them, so it's pretty easy to install them. Yeah. Oh wow, nice. At the time, historically, back when Walt was around, they were actually cedar shingles. Yes, I and think that, that was common. I, you know, for any kind of wooden shingle to be made out of cedar, I'm sure they right. were made out of the things, but they well, weren't yeah, made out of. Oh. I, but they were wood yeah, they, they were cedar shingles. And now, yeah. and now today they are not cedar. Now they're ceramic shingles. Right. Correct. For sure. They're, they're simulated. They're simulated. <laughs> right. simulated. Sure. Sure. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so now the the structures in O scale, and one of the questions I'm going to have for you that you probably received a lot of. We we love it. We yeah. I, I think it's great. We have a lot of listeners that 
do N scale and O scale, not just HO scale, even though we're HO scale custom. Um, but do you have plans to do that this kit in HO down the road or? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not making you commit right now to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We we are looking. We are we are we are gauging interest and looking at the possibility. We've been. It's just been. We've been so focused on getting this one out, and we've had a lot of people ask about, um, uh, you know, HO a few and scale requests and uh, several. A lot of there's a lot of large scales that uh, are very interested because a lot of them model live steam and things like that. And, and like I'm a, uh, and I'm guessing for gardens, you know, garden garden layouts, this would be perfect as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, there's it, a lot yeah, of. Uh, it, go ahead, Jake. There's a lot of Disney locomotives that have been reproduced by AccuCraft and LGB in G scale, and so there's already a uh, Disney Railroad collector fan base of uh, models in that scale. Yeah, there's a lot What's of those, that? but I have to be pedantic for a minute. I have to be pedantic. I have to be that guy. <laughs> there's no such yeah, thing yeah. as G scale. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's. it's there's F scale, there's 120, there's, you know, 132, there's all those, you know, that are collectively known as large scale. And that's another question. If we do produce it in large scale, which one? You know, that's... <laughs> that's so, so wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back 1. up, back 2. up. Back yeah. up. There's, there's no G scale? Why yeah, the G scale's not a thing. Oh, okay. So why do, they call, why do just, people call it G scale? Or it just comes well, off of LGB. Around with LGB. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because of LGB, that's okay. the, that started the whole thing. Uh, but it's it's not, yeah, it's it's not really. There there are I think four different scales. That, I mean, maybe I'm forgetting one that run on uh, um, that gauge Forty track. Millimeters. Number and, one gauge track, yeah. And you're hitting a niche. I mean, what you're you're hitting a niche. It's it needs to be hit. I mean, you. you the people that are going to be doing a lot of the Disney, yeah, you hope so, right? But you, you know, the people that, that that enjoy these Disney things that, that have their locomotives that are reproduced. I mean, you're going mm-hmm. right at the juggler of these of these scales because you know that's that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it's you're going right at the LGB and and the O scale people because you know this is the this is what they. This is what they model, and, and I think uh, you know, in, in especially in your area, I guess this is a, I don't know if it's a regional thing or is this a national thing or, um, but um, you know, I'm sure you'll be sell more in the you know in the west than you may in the east. I don't know about that, although that's a damn nice building, and uh, I think you could use that O scale just about on any in any part of the country. That's a gorgeous barn. There's probably a good uh, mix just, of people. Oh, There's probably a, a large wide mix of people too nationwide right. that would be interested in anything Disney. I'm sure just because when you, yeah. well, I'm sure once you introduce the the Disney name to anything like that there's a you're opening up a bunch of doors to a whole another world of collecting and as much as we'd like to see this as ho you know because i would want this okay but for you (laughs) on your on your end i mean it 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 makes sense to do this in o or lgb uh, or even you know i don't know maybe s scale because you're you're going to get the uh 
it's a it's a market that's not saturated yet. It needs HO's saturated. Okay, you're hitting a market that is um, you know that, that needs craftsman quality kits like this. Anybody that's making no scale kits, um, this is you know they're 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 tapping into something that is do- greatly needed in no scale. You know, in my opinion, um, I think it's I think it's a brilliant move. Well, it's it's purely self-serving on my part since I model in in (laughs) ON30. That was my motivation. Like, well, I want one, so it's going to be awesome. It just seemed like OO is like arguably the the oldest model railroad scale. It's like the original. Uh, It's been around forever. The king of scales, they call it. So that was that seemed like a good place to start. Sure, you know. Sure, Uh, and if we made it. If we made an S scale barn, I don't think I'd have sold many of them. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's a, yeah, it's definitely that the is thing definitely. Is, a, is it'll it'll look great on a on a on a Lionel setup. It'll look great on a ON30 setup uh, or yeah. ON3 or whatever you have in model. It'll, it'll it'll fit in. Yeah. All right. All right. I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. So. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This this whole kit was Dave's idea. I was gonna, you know, make some ra- other railroad building for Denver and Rio Grande or some other uh, structure from Silverton. And Dave's like, I got this idea, and I, I said okay. Yeah. And there. <laughs> I love that you put a foundation on. It needed. Yeah, it. Denver and Rio Grande buildings, but uh, you know, we're we're right now we're looking around. Oh, what's gonna what's our next project gonna be? So we're we're looking at that. But the funny thing is, this all started when Jake came to me. We were at a at a social event at a friend's house, and he said, "You know, you and I should collaborate on something." And I'm like, "What?" And he said, "I have no idea." <laughs> so, so that was like kind of the back and forth of our minds for a long time, and uh, then he had done some uh, laser cutting, uh, some custom work for a guy who was building a, a kit and wanted some custom laser work done. And I looked at it and I said, hey, that's great. Can you do that for me? I have the same kit. Can you get me the same parts? And we went back and forth on that. And he says, well, I really don't want to charge you what I'm charging this other guy because we're friends and you want to work together. And it's like, how about if we collaborate on this thing and, you know, I send you the parts and that's how this all got started. <laughs> and then that's when we decided, and I chimed in and said, well, why don't we do, why don't we do the Disney barn? uh for for a for a first project and i'll see if we can you know i'll i'll make some inquiries and write some some letters and emails and see if we can get the uh the permission the rights to do the uh to do this and they said yes yeah so that was uh that's awesome that was great yes yeah. awesome yeah. they're great did. people to work with too yeah oh that's, that's yeah. that is you know, so it, cool it, it's really funny. I worked for Disney Imagineering, and all the Disney contacts that we've used for this job came through Dave. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just I think that's just the irony of this all. It's like Dave, you know somebody? I'm. <laughs> I love it. Well, the, the, see, the, that's the thing, Jake. Is I don't, I don't, they don't. They, it's like they don't know my horrible background. They know yours. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh my! Now, now, uh, now, yeah. Now there's there is Walt Disney. Um, that you've used that. Now, you said you guys visited the uh, uh, the barn. What 
they had a special ceremony for the barn recently? No, it's coming up. Yes, on uh, it was it was no well there's, oh. there's two there was okay, the big, okay. there was the big ticket they had a ticketed event it was a gala there was a, a lot of uh, big name people were there uh, right. a lot of former Imagineers uh, right. and current uh, and some of the Disney family was there you know people like that and that was on the. Uh, Saturday the 13th and okay. then they have uh, the open public day which anybody can show up to and that's going to be this coming Sunday the 21st okay and Jake, Jake's going to be there for that one too I can't make it out because I'm in Arizona but Jake is going to be out there for that one too we'll be autographing uh, lithographs that Dave and I put together for the Walt Disney Barn anniversary for the first 50 customers oh that, wow, uh, wow. Are, Oh, so you're uh, going to be able yeah. to take this to that event and uh, and actually and actually uh, sell the sell the kit there at the event. Yeah, uh, the pilot model yeah. is going to be there, and we have a sample of the kit. Uh-huh. You can look at, you can see all the pieces, all the parts, and everything. That's all in there. And then we have the commemorative uh, litho that we're we're giving away for the first fifty that people order oh. at on site at the barn. Wow. Well, good for you guys. Online, that is so they cool. They are available at the Disney Bar. Yeah. What a yeah. what a gala event that, that you guys were able to be a part of. And, well, and, and, oh, that is so cool. Well, and to kick off yeah, as fun. your first to kick off as your first kit, that's a pretty awesome way to do it. So. Oh yeah. Um, that's really. <laughs> We it's don't really do anything small at Crescent Creek Models, you know. Yeah. We, everything we do is small. But <laughs> what do you? I, thought, I thought it was miniature, guys. I thought we were doing miniature. <laughs> it's miniature, but it's not okay. small. Yeah. <laughs> it's big in a small scale. You, you know, I, I looked at Dave on uh, Saturday, and I said, Dave, there's another gonna, never going to be another kit release like this for us again where we can just you know, be at a gala event for the structure that we've made a model of. I don't know how we can keep right. tracing down, tracking down uh, gala events for structures that have been restored or rebuilt or throwing parties for, but I, I said, this is the I'm last working time. On it, brother. I'm working on it. I'm going to come up. You're working that. on it. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, for, inaugural, for your first inaugural credit, this is a, it's a wonderful uh, way to start it out. Wow. It's a bang. You know, it's, yeah. it's like going yeah. out with a, it's, it's like starting it up with a big old fireworks show, and, and uh, that's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's so cool. So now, when now this will be available uh, online? It'll be available twenty first. It's actually it's available, available now. Pre-order on- online right now. Okay. Uh, at CrescentCreekModels.com, people can go there hit the tab that says Walt Disney Barn, and they can order them right now. We we have uh, a quantity that are available at the barn of the run, and then we have a quantity that are available online. Okay. So, But when that first 200 is gone, then yeah. we're going to have to reassess, because that's our agreement with the Carrollwood Foundation right now, is we'll do this 200 premiere run, and right. uh, when, when those are gone, we'll have to reexamine things and see, well, what are we going to do next? So... Yeah. Get them while we got them. <laughs> yeah, no chance. Man, yeah. that's uh, now, two things in a, two weeks in a row where we're having a, people are, are going to have to hurry to get them while they last. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, yeah. That's all right. Unfortunately, yeah. that's kind of the way it's become in the model railroad business, uh, the model railroad supply business. It's, well, and, it's, uh, 
creating limited runs of things that uh, you know you can. Uh, it's it's just it, just because of the manufacturing and all that. It, yeah, it, well, it, and for you guys, there's a licensing. You're a big manufacturer like Bachman or something. It's 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 very hard to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, now with this with this kit, um, it, yeah. you know, you can it, you're ordering it now. You're pre-ordering it, pre-ordering it by now, but, but um, then it will be when do you have a projected ship date. Uh, we're thinking it's going to be early fall, probably 60 days. We're 60 days out from shipping. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Right. Oh, that's awesome. We're going to start cutting very soon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, Coming very that's soon. All. Oh, that's sweet. We don't want people to have to wait too long. We've, we've got uh, we've got everything lined up, and you know we'll, we're going to start uh, packing these up pretty quick. So, yeah, we're looking at the early fall. Early fall. Uh, uh, so the two of you are going to have to... The two of you are going to have to spend a good deal of time uh, boxing these up and preparing them and counting yeah, out real walls and windows. and Yeah, <laughs> exactly. now the hard part comes, right? Huh? Yeah, exactly. Now, 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 the windows, are they they are, are they a tissue window or are they, uh, are they, uh, are they laser cut? Every one is different. There's maybe like two windows that duplicate each other. Every one is uniquely different and original to the barn. That's where I was telling you I had to go down there and measure them, and I almost got kicked off the property because they didn't know who I was. I can see Dave running around in, like camo paint and everything, and some and his uh, and his uh, be you know um, his ghillie suit cam- camouflage. Yeah, 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 my ghillie suit. I in the bushes and stuff, man. Yeah, but yeah, the the bar obviously everything on it was custom made. Right. Uh, okay. So all the windows side, like Jake said, they're all different. And we wanted to match them as closely as humanly possible. So using off-the-shelf, you know, Titchy or Grant Line or anything, well, if you can get Grant Line, right. um, was not an option. We're, we're, right. we're going to laser cut the windows. And they look fantastic. Yeah, you know, I love they, laser cut. Three, la- three layer built-up uh, windows uh, with the, yeah, they're just, they're oh, just that's really, sweet. really sharp, really nice. That's we. I love laser cut. And, uh, like I said, in Oski, I've seen some laser cut Oski windows before, and they they look amazing when they're done like that. Yeah. So they do. Yeah. Oh, and, and then the nice thing is, all with all those windows, you can see the interior, and the barn has an interior. There's it, the walls are a sandwich. There's the an interior uh, superstructure, and then you apply the exterior walls to that. And the interior walls are scribed with boards just like the real barn. So if people choose to, they can go crazy and fully uh, detail the interior of this thing. They oh, well, that's a... They're working on his train if they want to. They can, uh, they can that's fully... That's so cool. The interior walls are already there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. See, now that's that's a that's a key point that I'm glad you brought up. Is that... Uh, uh, Definitely I forget a, to talk about it, but yeah, we don't have a lot of pictures of the interior, but that, that's why yeah. I forget. But yeah, it's it's a really cool <laughs> feature to get, and it's all tab and slot too. The the interior walls all locked together, right? With uh, tab and slot construction, and then the exterior walls are uh, uh, glued to the outside. Oh, that's it, a cool. So, wow. And yeah. is it cut on it a? Makes it super strong too. Nice. Hmm? Is it cut on a um, yeah. on a plywood or is it a? Um, like a solid well, scale lumber. Two things. The interior is cut from um, uh, birch plywood, one eighth. Okay. And the exterior is one thirty second uh, basswood, 
Okay. And then you have individual battens to apply over over the seams. Uh, we we couldn't find board and batten siding that matched that sort of Disney look of of kind of scaled down dimension. So you've got to put your own on. Plus, the the, the walls are wider anyway. than the stock that's available. Yeah. So you'd have to start splicing pieces together, and this is going to get real esoteric on laser cutting. <laughs> when you set up a laser cutting machine and you cut board and batten, do you cut right next to the batten? Do you cut in the middle of the batten? Do you cut in the middle of the plank? And so those parts are milled like that, and to line them up perfectly in a laser cutter every time is a little tricky. I'm sure that any of the other manufacturers listening can attest to the fact that anytime you use milled <laughs> stock, like clapboard, board and batten, you really run into some alignment issues that uh, are not easily addressed. So we, we tried to avoid that. Right. 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 And, and and it looks better. I mean, especially in O scale. I mean, the smaller scales like Ananature, you can get away with that board and batten siding, I think. But in O scale, it looks so much better to put those battens on there. I, I'm sure you it's... Know, some can be a little crooked. Some could be, you know, however uh, you want to give it that character. But yeah. it just it looks fantastic that way. And I'm sure it's a little more revealing the larger scale you get with board and batten or anything like that where uh, the eye picks mm-hmm. up on that a little quicker just because it's... If there is an error, it's yeah. a bigger error because right. it's a larger scale. And and so right. it's, it's probably best to just do it this way and you're avoiding a, an odd cut or something. So plus you get well, yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of conversations about that. Plus, you get more time <laughs> with the kit. Well, that's right. You get more quality time with the build. <laughs> and, you know, and that's where the craftsmanship comes in is, is uh, right. little things like that. I was talking. And, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to do everything for people. Right. We don't make it too easy. You got to you got to have some skills. You got to have. Uh, and, and as far as like the skill level for this kit, we recommend you have some uh, wooden kit experience. That's it. If you've built uh, one or two wooden kits in the past, you're probably you're good to go on this. You you've got the skills. You you understand what's going on. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it as a first timer kit, but you know why not? Okay. <laughs> so so what, yeah. one of the things I noticed on your photos is is the barn doors are like wide open. So uh, are they movable or posable or is it, you know? Um, I Uh-oh. see. Uh oh. Uh-oh. So I uh, answer that one. We wanted the barn doors to open, and I had an idea on how to do it, and I obviously pulled it off, but the hinges are, are kind of a faux hinge. We've got a brass-etched uh, strap, the diamond-shaped hinge for every, I, I think there's like 15 different hinges on, on the whole model. Hmm. So I took those hinges, and I cut them in half, and I glued one on the door and one on the barn, and while I was sandwiching all the layers of the door together, I took a little plastic postage mailer of the really thin stuff and I uh, cut it into strips and I put that in the sandwich and I put that in the build and I screwed up one of them (laughs) to make a whole new door. But anyway, um, it's in there and this this plasticized paper that these mailers are, uh, it it bends back and forth and I think it's going to go for quite a while before that thing ever snaps (laughs) off. But... Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we get. So it's it's mostly hidden, and when the doors are shut, you don't see it. And when doors are open, you don't see it. So it, it's a, it's it's basically a paper hinge that's hidden inside the layers of the build. Okay, uh, what's well, cool. a plastic plastic size? Yeah, it's Disney magic, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
You got to oil it so often. Oh, I'm looking here right now. I see on your website here. I just looked at it. Working barn doors and latch. So the latch works. Oh, that's the latch cool. works. Yeah. Yeah. The the oh, that's the, the horizontal cool. bar is positioned with a little nail, and then there's a little latch on the opposite side door, and you can lift it up and open it and close it. Oh, and you get a certificate of authenticity with this as well. I'll be honest with you. I see a lot of limited kits that come out, and you don't you don't get a. There's no real thing saying it otherwise, other than the numbering on the box. You don't really see, right. you know, a a certificate, which is really cool. I like mm-hmm. that from the artists themselves, which is awesome. Dave, Dave wanted to do that. I thought it was a great idea, and and he created all the artwork for that. It it, it really uh really adds something. Is it is it going to be a numbered certificate when you get it, um, or is it just a plain certificate? No, they're 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 not. They're it not, is now. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey Dave. No. Jake's okay. making more work for Dave, man. I just Jake's no, Dave no, I made more work. I made more work. I brought it up. Yeah, no, um, um, no, but that's fine. Uh, People understand. That, I used to do a lot of, I used to do a lot of, uh, uh limited prints, uh, of artwork and stuff. So that, that's where the whole idea for the certificate came in because those, they always have one. And boy, I got tired of numbering those things. So I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, so who, which one of you guys wrote the instructions out or both of you guys do it together? Or? Uh, we're working on those. Oh, okay. And it's a joint project. Yeah, I, we're going to work on writing them together, and I'm going to do the layout and everything uh, for the printing. And uh, yeah. so that'll be a that's a joint project. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dave Kruzwick gave us some pointers on writing instructions because yeah, I, I, I made that's a that's the guy to go to from what I understand, man. I, I made a poster for him, and he's like, oh, what can I pay you? And I'm like, oh, pay me in advice for instructions. Listen here. <laughs> I got a, I got something to bring up here about uh, uh, these posters, Jake. You've been making some posters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the bunghole poster. <laughs> we won't get into it. We won't get into talking too much about the subject of these posters, but... <laughs> Uh, I get a good laugh out of these posters uh, and you've been posting them on our overtime page and I just lose it. Yeah. Every time I see a new one on there, I lose it. So, uh, well, he, he had it up there. He put one up there and then I was reading it and looking at it and then he kind of put a note up to saying, you know, hey, read the details of it first. And I was like, because I'm, I'm looking at it first, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a good poster and all. And then I, I saw his was note it, there. Was it, the one with the, was it the one with the paintbrushes? Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah all the stuff. I mean, you know, the old Age of Skill Customs, you know, barrel bunghole thing with the barrel for the barrel hole. Yeah. You know, and um, and I was like, that, that is so cool, you know. And, but I didn't notice it first until Jiggy explained it. I had to read the whole thing through, you know. But, um, anyways, it's a very, it's a very well, you know, ingenious that's, that's, You know, that's a subject for a podcast. You guys should do some <laughs> off color puns. We did. We la- we went on for like we went on for like thirty minutes alone about this one subject. So uh, we could we could fill some we could fill some time. But I just wanted to I just wanted to say those are too funny. But anyways, back on subject. Back on subject. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I am 
um, looking at these photos here, and you have one that's kind of like the sneak peek photo. Is there a stencil or something that comes with with this? Is it, what's the green thing in the top of the box uh, in the one photo? The green, oh, that's the uh, that's the glazing for the windows. Oh, okay. It has that film on it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's gotta, yeah. It peels off. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, to me, it looked like one of those yeah, plastic green stencils for some reason. So I was intrigued by what that was, but it's glazing. So that makes sense. Well, um, you yeah. know, it's the glazing for the windows. And the glaze, the, the glass is, uh, the glazing is all laser cut to size for the windows. Perfect. So it's just, yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. I love that idea. I love that the <laughs> glazing is cut to the window size. Well, and, and that, I mean, there's other kits that do that, but when you, especially when you have windows that are, are they're already odd sizes. That's that's yeah. awesome. Right, right. Dave and I have built yeah. enough kits to know when this stuff ought to be done. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> you're taking exactly. your you're yeah, taking your modeling past and going. Well, what frustrated me the most? I want to avoid that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want yeah. we don't want to pass that on thinking you know one of my one of my least favorite things to hear anybody say in any business or creative endeavor is well that's the way we've always done it yeah yeah and you know because it shows a real lack of creative thinking uh, a lack of, of yeah it means you stopped uh, learning you know, and progressing chances and trying to make things. right exactly a lack of progress so I always look at things and well I don't care how they've done it before how, how what's the best way what what can we learn from this and and how can we do it a little better mm-hmm so that's where we're at on that. Very cool. And that applies. That applies to everything in life, not just to, yeah. to modeling. Oh yeah, that, I think that, so. That yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. Um, if you guys don't mind, I'm gonna pop over to our patrons real quick and see if there's any questions for you. Yeah, we have let's a couple take the questions. We have a couple comments. If they're about the kit, we'll um, we'll talk about that now. If they're unrelated and they're modeling, we'll swing that. We'll swing over to that um, if, when we start talking modeling, some, some modeling talk. Um, sure. Jake Johnson asks, <laughs> ask us why we decided to make structure kits. I'll, I'll just start with that one because you're the one that threw in your own patron question. <laughs> I, I think that was more of a joke than anything I know, else. I know, uh, I know, I um, know. <laughs> I All right, Dan Pugach. Uh, he wants to know about a special project you're doing for him. He can give you as much detail or as little as he chooses. Just say, or just say, no comment. Huh. Okay, well, I'll, I'll comment. Okay. So, uh, Dan, I kind of threw it out there to overtime at the bench group. He wanted uh, a control panel display for his... Uh, his main railroad. And I, I can't remember the name that he's called. He's it doing the, the Breakwater Branch. Yes, yes. So he gave me some ideas for fonts and layouts based on some maps. And basically what it is, is it's going to be an 8 by 11 horizontal piece of plastic that's been laser engraved. And it has all the destination names, the name of his railroad, and and the railroad uh, the the like the theme of the railroad or whatever the little byline is we mm-hmm. we go from shore to shore or, or port to port or whatever whatever his name was anyway it's it's all going to be engraved on a piece of white and and the plastic is called Romark and it's the same material that uh, they use for name tags and for uh-huh. uh, sign engraving so when it, when it engraves it'll have all green letters to match 
all this stuff, and 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 then he'll be able to put lights. He'll be able to put switches on it. That's and awesome. Holes in it. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I just was. It's like, wow, this will be a fun little project. Let me see if I can pull this off. Yeah, and uh, I yeah. got it about halfway done, and then we kind of got hit with some deadlines. So I got to get back to Dan's project here. Yeah, I, he was probably. Uh, I, I'm just happy he shared that because now I want to see pictures of it. So Dan, now that hmm. Jake shared that, now you, now I want when he gets that to you, I want to see some photos of this because this sounds really awesome. Um, so we'll, it's, it's not as cool as your manhole covers, but you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well here's hey, the thing, though. we have two of those in the city now. They're actually in the in the roads. So, oh, that's you awesome. This, you made this cool. cool. You made this cool kit that we're talking about tonight. You have the stencils that you put out with the stop stencils and the railroad crossing stencils, and you also have um, you made you made the the manhole covers for us. I don't know if that's something down the road that you might consider. Um, and you're now you're doing a control panel layout. Um, you got you're starting to branch into uh, like a little model railroading Willy Wonka here, you guys. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's stuff you guys haven't done in the in the you know you don't you're you're kind of like you're you're taking laser cutting to a different level other than just building kits. And I think that's an awesome thing. Um, I think you see, you're starting to see other opportunities. I don't know where your intentions are to go from all that, but I, I see- uh, We don't want you to say it. I don't want you to say it, because I want, yeah, it, I want no, it to be a no. surprise. Right, right. <laughs> I, I just think it's cool that I, I can see the wheels turning based on all the different things that you've been talking about. So, right. So. Yeah. We have a couple more questions. I think uh, ones that are kit related. So um, Jake Johnson, this one's for you because you always ask the same question. So mind mount. I think, and I think you know what it is. It's from it's from Ron at mind mount. Uh, ask about your color choices, Jake. So uh, with this one, I think you were kind of limited because. You're trying to make it look like the barn, like what's there now. Um, sure, sure. But um, Mind Mount, uh, Ron from Mind Mount Models wants to know uh, how do you go about color selection? Since that's the one you ask everyone else, so we're gonna throw it your way, and yeah, maybe maybe not yeah. with this build, but um, go with other builds, and even with this one, how do you go about your color selection process? Well, we looked at a bunch of different photos of the barn. I'll start with that, and then I'll get into kind of more general color selection. And actually, a real, bunch of pictures. real quick, before you do that, I did notice it was kind of a brownish color now. So are you going to go into that? or Brownish? Are we talking the barn? Yeah, so when I look up the barn now, it's not quite... Unless it's redder, and maybe the pictures I was looking at weren't as red. Looks pretty red to me. Oh, never mind. I just Googled it. It's a little red. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It looks brown in the sh in, in the shade, but it's red. I see that. I was look. I had a different picture yeah, blown yeah. up. There's different photo dates of the barn. Uh, you know, over the last what is it, sixty four years, Dave? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's different photos of the barn at different times, and so it's just like a boxcar red ish that just keeps fading every every year every season it just keeps getting lighter and lighter until it's repainted and if you go to the barn right now it is kind of dark but we saw some pictures of it that were faded and thought that that was the way to go so i took some red paint 
Gotcha. And I took some yellow paint and I took some white paint. And I think the red was more of a maroon, but I just kept um, adding the white and the yellow so that it wouldn't end up pink, but so that it would end up a light shade of red. And that's, that's the yellow kind of uh, prevents it from going so pink. So that's where it came up with base color. And Dave and I kind of fussed around and I said, Dave, this needs something else. It needs something else. I've got to get the wood grain detail. I took a little wire brush and scrubbed a tiny little wood grain into the, into the planks. And I, I decided, okay, I've got an idea. I've got to go with it. And so I made up some scraps. I took red alcohol ink at the art store and brown alcohol ink at the art store, mixed them together with some alcohol and brushed it on. And so instead of having a blackish brown shoe polish, shoe dye stain over the barn, it's a reddish brown stain over the barn. Very mild, very faint, goes into all the wood grain. And so it creates a little bit of shadow in uh, the, the planking of that kit. And so I, I'm really pleased with the subtlety. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and we wanted it to look like the, the slightly faded barn. I, I really have a problem with oversaturated colors right. in model railroading because we're trying to mimic outdoor subjects with indoor lighting and a lack of available light inside of our layout room. So I'm real sensitive to that. If you're I, not I, careful, and you probably feel the same way we do, if you're not careful, it can almost look cartoonish or like illustrated, like fake. Just well, it can look fake, and I don't know that painting it darker would look cartoonish, but it does lose some of the uh, uh, implied realism right. by having those darker colors, and, and it's it's something that I've had to learn over time uh, to, to make that happen. Okay. So that's the barn. So uh, I, does that kind of cover the barn? Do you want me to talk about some of the other color stuff? Yeah, if you want to go into yeah, your yeah. other color selection, that's fine. Okay. So... There was an Imagineer, very influential, named John Hench, and uh, he was very influential in the building of Disneyland. He used to talk about taking four foot by four foot squares of color swatches out into the field during construction while he was painting. Uh, well, well, his painters were painting the park to kind of make these decisions as to what they needed, and it was based on a red or a yellow or a gray color or whatever. And, and all the little nuances that each one of these colors could have, and he'd take it out into the field and study it in the location that it was going to be used. And so by doing this, they were able to really think through what the final color shade needed to be on these structures. And so that's one thing he did. There's another thing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to use the least amount of black and brown when I go to age stuff as possible. I want contrast and color and all the little ink stuff but I'm trying to figure out how to make washes in a completely different way so that the colors complement the, the base colors more like an artist painting and 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 not so much in the black and brown wash model making mm-hmm. uh, way of thinking even the dry brushing like if I've got something painted green I want to dry brush it not with antique white but with a lighter green color that's maybe had a little, little white mixed to it or something else so that it it's the same color. It has like a faded you know, green. Faded green as opposed to uh, an antique white. I, 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 I want to make the, the contrast a little bit more subtle. I'm sure some people are going to disagree with me on that, but that's kind of... Uh, no, that's a neat approach because now you're adding like almost some sun fade to the color. Under, you know, mm-hmm. You're adding a sun mm-hmm. fade on top of it. What about Dave? How about and you're still getting a highlight. Yeah. 
still getting a highlight, which I think is real important. So, but you're not getting the shadowy, the, that darky shadow. Yeah, I, I, I want. There's enough shadows already, and there's already. We're we're in a limited light situation on a model. I always see the shadows and and detail in a model. But if I can figure out how to take some of the excess harshness out of the blacks mm. and browns that I see on a model, I it's kind of. Yeah. what I like to do if I get the opportunity. Yeah, too, too much black and brown and everything just gets muddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jake is definitely on the right. Jake, I want to ask you, on the interior of the pilot model, you used uh, artist oil colors to stain it, didn't you? Yeah, I used some, uh, some. gosh, I, 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 I've got them right here in front of me. They're kind of like a yellow oxide and a, and a, and a burnt right. sienna, so it's kind of a yellowish, reddish, mm -hmm. brown color. I mixed right. these oil paints up with some thinner and just washed it on. And the reason I go that route with some of my builds like that is those artist oils and mineral spirits don't warp the wood. Imagine they that. Don't warp the wood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Water-based stuff tends to warp the wood, right? So that all was, of these uh, that tips will be in the instructions. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, that's, that's great, too. I mean, I, I, yeah. think, I think oil-based paints and... Uh, sorry, uh, a lacquer, lacquer base, oil base, or um, even a, um, a, enamels. Uh, enamels. Yeah, they. I. Yeah, I never run into a warping issue when I use them. Um, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, definitely. A well, the nice thing about oil paints, as opposed to enamels, especially when working with wood or a wooden kit, is it, it does a really nice job of soaking in to the to the wood. And you, you avoid some of the toxic chemical issues that you have with enamel paints. Right. Uh, you know, these things are made with linseed oil, which is very benign. Right. So it's, uh, and it, it takes a little bit longer to dry, but it's, it's worth it, I think. Right. And sometimes those enamels tend to dry out that wood a little bit too much, too, uh, when they dry. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that as well, almost like alcohol does. And uh, right. so, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's no there's no shortage of colors available too. No one, so. right? Yeah, and you can you yeah. can pick up you can pick up cheap ones at any uh, Hobby Lobby or Michaels or sure. place like that. The student the student grade is just fine for for model kit building. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they're always running specials on this stuff in there. Yeah, so yeah, they're cheap. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, well, we have two more. We have, I loved hearing that. But we have two more questions, and we're going to get into a little bit of modeling talk, and then we're going to wrap up this one. So um, these two okay. I'm going to combine because Dave and Scott, Dave Pugat, I mean, I'm sorry, Dave Kruiswick and Scott Horgan kind of combine their question um, with the same topic. So I'm going to just mesh theirs into one. Um, but so, he, they said, some have regretted turning their hobby into a business. For others, it's been no problem. Why did you guys decide to take that uh, that route, basically? And um, do you think there'll be any part of it that you miss of just being a hobby? So I'm kind of meshing those two into one. Um, and I know you guys have thought about this quite a bit, probably. So I kind of want to hear, uh, now that they've said that, kind of want to hear your approach on do, that. Do we regret it? Not yet. Yeah, you Not guys yet. are you're in the infancy. You're in the infancy of it, so I understand. We're, we're, we well, I have to regret it. Hey, I'm just reading the I, questions. I will share this with you because I've been, you know, building models professionally for about 18 or 19 years now. And what's different about the hobby versus any kind of as a builder or even as a kit designer, when this is a hobby, 
if you get to the point where you're not really thrilled about the kit or you get hung up on something or any other thing that makes you put the kit aside, no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. That's a hobby. No one's telling you you got to finish it. Right. As a professional, we have to finish it. I was obligated to Dave as my partner and committed and, and, and you know invested in, hey, Dave's expecting results of me and vice versa. I have to get my end of this stuff done. You have to complete projects as as a designer, builder, model maker. Right. That's where it's different. And so you've got yeah. to work through the problems yes. and make that happen. Okay. So, so yeah, are we giving up our hobby? I was kind of at the point where I was drawing a lot of stuff already because modeling an SN3, there's not a lot of structures, and I wanted some specific prototypes. And, wow, how exciting is it? to draw something and get it cut out and make it. And you're like, wow, this is the only one. And it's realized and it's not built out of sticks and homemade. It's, it's laser cut right. and it's accurate. And so that, that really kind of got my attention. So it just seemed like a natural progression as much as I tried to fight it. Right. I'll tell you what, um, <laughs> in, in November, I went to the expo and that's where I met Jake at the expo. And um, I was sitting in the hotel uh, lounge and uh, with Dave Kruiswick and several others. and uh, But you came up and you introduced yourself to me right away. And you started showing me photos and telling me that, you know, you I could tell then and just from our conversation that you were prepared. You you wanted to get into the kit making you know, business or into. Yeah. Into yeah. That. Right off the bat, I mean, that was in the first fifteen minutes of talking to you there, and it was, and I was like, "Wow!" I said, "But you know, I could see uh, uh, this spark in you that you were like, this is oh, it was a it was a fire, <laughs> but you had no, you had a fire in your eye that you this is going to happen, and now here we are, you know, nine mm-hmm. months later, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's happening, and um, yeah, yeah, it's just really cool, and you, you know, you you had. You, at that time, I believe you had some you had some questions on which direction you wanted to take it and and how you wanted to go about it. And um, but uh, you were showing us some of your modeling, and uh, you know we were just floored, all of us sitting there. And you know, but it's neat to see now meeting you for the first time in November. Now having you on the show now for the third time, and um, you know Dave here now for the second time uh, to see how that thought process. That I saw with the fire in your eye to now, <laughs> nine months later, and how it has developed. And now, right now, there is a kit coming out, and it's a badass kit right now. And and uh, it's happened. You made it happen, which is really cool. So, so it, you know, that's that's not, you know, to you know, you're talking about Dave's question, Dave, and, and who was the other gentleman had that question? Uh, Mike. Oh, okay, okay, so. so these two guys had that question, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, like you said, it's not, you, you, there's no regret. This is what you wanted to do now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you right. can still have, you can, this can still be a hobby if you approach it, depending on how you approach it. Um, you know, if you're only making a limited kit and then your next kit is a limited kit in between those kits, you can do your modeling. You know, this it can still happen, and uh, you can still do your hobby end of it. 
But um, yeah, I've never been. I've never been more enthusiastic about my own layout and all. I, I've got a hundred ideas circling around in the back of my head that you know I've got projects half finished and new ones I want to start. So my enthusiasm for it is certainly not waned by by doing this. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on something else too that you said that about um, you know eight nine months ago Jake was talking about this. Then he and I got together in this, and I remember a conversation he and I had very early on when a lot of this seemed overwhelming. You know, it's like, oh, there's so many steps. We made a list of, okay, these are all the things that need to happen. It's like juggling plates, you know. you got to keep all these moving parts going uh, to get something like this off the ground. And, you know, I just remember we said, you know, you do one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You, you, You just do it one thing incrementally at a time and that leads to the next thing and then you solve the next problem and the next one and the next one and pretty soon you're done well not right. pretty soon but after a while <laughs> you know you, you, you did it you went through all the steps but it's very over it can be it can be overwhelming he and i have both worked in you know professionally in, in creative fields where you've got that you know that that workflow right. where you know you're you know working on big projects and there's you know, there's all these steps and all these moving parts and all these things and get working with different suppliers and different and different, uh, different people. And, uh, yeah, you just do it one step at a time and, uh, it gets done. Right. Yeah. Once again, that's good, right. that's good advice for life too. <laughs> yeah. Don't be overwhelmed by, don't be overwhelmed by a big project, you know, just take it one step at a time. Little bites. So it's like, build, it's like building a big kit. You do the sub-assemblies, you know? Yeah. You do the yep. little sub-assemblies, and then you put all those together, and voila, you've got a, you've got a great you got building. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. So um, do you, if you guys don't have anything else you want to talk about with the kit, um, I'll let, this will be your last kind of hurrah to get your, your kit details <laughs> out. And then we're going to actually just do a little bit of kind of shop talk with um what we're working on and kind of see what you guys yeah. maybe sure. if you're doing anything personally I don't know I know you're busy with this but uh, uh, see what you guys are working on if you want to share anything on a personal level for work or something else cool you're working on that'd be awesome okay so actually uh, I think we can jump right into that I, I, I kind of think we've uh, exhausted the kit. yeah 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 yeah, the only yeah, now you've got to build one, and, and we're not going to do that online. <laughs> yeah. No. The only other thing I would say about the kit is if you're listening out there, uh, buy one. <laughs> hey. <laughs> get, a, get them while we have them. These guys have and done the work. Now it's your turn, them. right? That's right. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Let's, let's talk sweet. that. Cool. So I'm going yeah. to actually hand it off to um, – we'll start with Dave. We'll see – if Dave's got anything he's working on right now, any personal projects um, or any other projects, really, it doesn't really matter. But what else do you have on your workbench or kind of in your in your world right now for model building? And, and for, before oh. we get started, before we get started in that, um, just letting everybody know, uh, we talked about this before the show. Um, you know, this is what we're going to start calling East meets West. Yes. And these two guys are, are in the West. They 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 are in a lot of Facebook groups that I know of that are, that deal with Western style modeling, uh, you know, from the West coast. And we're, we do a lot from the East coast and I think it's neat and it's special for us to blend the two together. So we talked about this with 
weekly with Dave and, and, and Jake. And um, we're going to try and do this on like an every two month basis. Uh, an East versus West yeah, uh, so special special podcast. The name of this segment to start it off and kick it off will now be East ver- East meets West. Yeah, not East versus West. No, no, no. East, <laughs> this isn't the all. Yeah. East meets West. So, so we need uh, some catchy theme music for this for this <laughs> intro. I, I know you've got a library. Okay. What I'll do there, is so here we go. Uh, here we do. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a little cut noise like right now. It'll be okay. uh, go. Don't worry. I'll splice. Use your imaginations right now. I'm gonna okay. splice it in. So we're gonna get cut noise. And here comes yeah, our yeah. here comes our Western music. So welcome to our new segment, everyone. East meets West for model for model railroading talk uh, for both East and West coasts. Um, so yeah, we're, we kind of alluded to it in the beginning. We're gonna just kick this one off and find out what everyone's working on right now with between Dave, Jake, my dad, and I. So we'll hand it off with Dave first. Me first. Uh, let's see. This is totally, uh, uh, you know, different from the topic of the barn. Uh, I was recently <laughs> in California uh, uh, at uh, in Santa Margarita, uh, where they have this big train meetup out there, uh, and um, this is and I'd, I'd always been peripherally aware of, you know, because I've lived in California, I lived in Santa Cruz, I've lived in uh, Santa Barbara, places like that. Peripherally aware of the. Oh, west coast narrow gauge you know the pacific coast railway and the north pacific coast and stuff like that and uh i was you know we were driving up the coast and it's just so beautiful and 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 i started to kind of like i do uh you know i look at a landscape and i think well there should be well now if i were going to build a railroad through here you know (laughs) what would it be so I've, i've become fascinated i've been doing a lot of research into the uh uh, California narrow gauge railroads that ran along the coast, the, the Pacific Coast and the North Pacific Coast, and um, I came up with a my own little freelance prototype called the Central Pacific Coast, which would kind of run between the two. And uh, I haven't built anything yet. I've just this is just in the planning stages. I'm still in love with my Thunder Mesa Mining Company layout, uh, still doing that. But I, I think I'm going to do a um, a module or something with that kind of central Pacific coast theme. And it'll be, and it'll be a, a shoreline with the dock and, uh, and, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, rails meets the ocean type of thing. Cool. You see a lot of that with Maine, but you don't see as much of it with the Pacific coast. And there, you know, there were all, there was a lot of it out there. So that's, uh, yeah, I was going to say there's, there's a that's lot of, something I've been kicking around. There's a lot of railroading, uh, on the coastal Pacific side that, you know, mm-hmm. you see photographs and, and such of it I've seen through the, through the years, but I've not seen it modeled much, which is super cool. I mean, you're going to put, you're going to put an actual uh, water scene onto that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a module and it'll probably, or two modules together and it'll be, uh, uh, um, a bay scene, a, a coast, a, a harbor scene. Oh, okay. So the train will enter and come out, and, and there'll be a dock and cannery and all that kind of stuff, and uh, uh, kind of modeled on the uh, San Luis Obispo area and north, north, north San Lu- north from San Luis Obispo, where oh, the railroad didn't really go. 
So I'm kind of extrapolating <laughs> northward from the existing uh, uh, North Pacific Coast Railway. Right. And, and you're you're thinking about modeling what what time era would that be? I haven't decided yet. You know, I, I'm I'm very drawn. I'm always very drawn to you know late 19th century uh, uh, pre World War One. But I've done a lot of that already. <laughs> so That's I it. might place it a little bit further down the line, maybe in the 20s or something like that. I just, I haven't really decided yet. I'm still playing. But then, you know, it's, uh, you got to change the paint scheme. You know, it's a lot easier to paint the locomotives if you model later. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those fancy uh, 1890s, 1880s paint schemes. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know if you've, you've probably seen a lot of the, uh, the Pacific Coast Railway stuff or, and North Pacific Coast. It's just like right. really super ornate right. uh, paint job, like the Central Pacific had and stuff like that sure. too, in, in those early days, uh, which is one of the things that really attracts me to it. So I I don't know yet. I don't know. I don't right. know what Aeron's going to be. And your structures, structures and such would have an ornate style to them as well. Right. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, very Victorian. Lots of Victorian right. architecture. Yeah, that kind of yeah, that Empire style uh, and uh, Queen Anne Victorians. Yeah, a lot of that. And it would be neat to see that being modeled mm-hmm. and you get to see because we see harbor towns. We're doing what our we do one ourselves, and you know it's all Eastern style businesses and such. It would be neat to see a Western style with different types of. You know, I'm sure some of them are the same types of businesses, but you know, um, you would have maybe different types of businesses run by different types of people. And um, I, I think it would be neat to see that 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 kind of you know Western culture from the from the historical standpoint. That's that's pretty cool. Right. What, what I found in my research is well, what's really neat about a lot of these little these little oceanfront towns is that there's there's usually a great story uh, because there's there's usually one guy there's a guy or a group of guys individuals who were the one of the founders of the town, one of the, one of the big industrialists of the town. Uh, sometimes it's a sea captain who's retired from the sea, and he's got. So I'm kind of creating all this backstory, <laughs> like I do, <laughs> but it, based on this kind of really cool history. And what that does is it gives you a grounding for everything that comes after. Once right. you understand what the story is, it gives you a, a, a where to go. Okay, well, if if this guy did this, then this is going to look like this. If he traveled to the Orient, then he might be interested in this kind of stuff. So right. you're gonna, so it gives you a kind of a roadmap of, of of where to go, having having a story like that in mind. And you know, I was just in Cayucos, and I forget the guy's name now, but he was a sea captain, and then he owned a dock, and he built the pier, and he had a fish company and a cannery, and he built and he had a beautiful Victorian mansion. Uh, in town, so he was like the big cheese in, in yeah. this town, and, and the whole character of the whole place uh, was it, it was originally outgrowth of his personality and his enterprise, and that's oh. that's a really interesting thing in a lot of these little these little oceanfront towns. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. To and then throw a railroad in there, and you got everything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. Cool. All right. Well, let's. Uh... I that I'm I'm blown away. I want to see it now. So, 
<laughs> yeah, me too. But this is like it's obviously it's it's project. it's like a way yeah it's like ours. It's been three and a half years now in the making. So uh, <laughs> you know, right. and and now that you got your hands busy with everything else, it's I'm sure going to be a challenge to find time, but it should be awesome. So let's um I'll pass the torch off to Jake now. So. What do you have uh, going on, Jake? What's up? Your I know you probably have something cool going on. You always do. Well, I, I uh, there, there's what's on my workbench, and then there's uh, the, the model railroad I'd love to build someday. But <laughs> we'll start with what's on my workbench. Um, I've got left over from the uh, Albany Expo one of the ITLA kits here, and it was a uh, building that they passed out as part of their. Uh, extra fee course and and i decided to make things difficult for nick and and be the only one who wanted an o-scale building (laughs) so uh (laughs) he made some really great parts for me and i've got this o-scale building uh it's actually a background building coming together with all the different textures and everything on it and that's the one i made the wiley mining supply uh, sign for that was so cool yeah so I, i i've got that um I think it's done, but then every time I look at it and I see a picture from George Salios layout, it's like, oh, it needs an awning here and it needs a rain gutter here and it needs a water tank on the roof and all these things. And so that, that's kind of sitting here on my workbench and it's eventually going to end up on a customer's uh, O-scale layout that I've been working on for the last year. So that's where that'll go. I, uh, I just, this, this is the thing, and maybe Dave can explain it to you. You know, a lot of modelers, they can't part with their work. And as a professional, I've been parting with my work for years. Forever. Yeah. So if I get a good picture of it, I can let it go. Yeah. But, you know, I've talked to people, hey, can you build something? Oh, gee, you know, I really like that. I don't think I could ever get rid of it. And I understand the sentimentality. I've just, I'm just kind of programmed at 180 degree opposite where I, I'm totally content with letting stuff go if I've got pictures of it. It's, it's more about the process of the build than it is about the, hey, I get to keep this. So, I know Dave Freire said the same thing when we interviewed him, and, and uh, he said, well, actually said it both times, uh, that he builds and he ends up, he, none of them are for him. He builds them <laughs> for uh, other people, or he builds them for himself, and then after he's done, he usually ends up giving it to somebody. He's like, I've and, had enough. Um, it's time to give it to someone yeah. else to enjoy. Right. Right, exactly. So, yeah, so, I, I'm going to try and give myself a little plug and, and, and not go too deep into a spoiler, but I have been working or I worked briefly on a show called uh, big little lies. Oh, and we okay. built a train layout for them. Wait, I did I just see a news story about this? I yeah, just, I just saw I this on the earlier news today. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, uh, the three of us here built that train uh, layout for them, and I'm not going to tell you what happens in the final episode. You'll have to tune in this week. But you talk about a moment of having to let go, and that's one of them. I, and knowing that it was built for what they needed to do with it, and you're like, that's what you're going to do? All right, I'm on board. I am. Um... <laughs> so I'm going to leave it right there. I don't want to so, spoil anything. So I won't say anything um, either, but the article... The only thing that the article said was uh, that they built this giant, elaborate, really detailed, super accurate train set for just like a, a tiny scene, and that's all the article told me. I'm like, oh, now I want to see. Now I want to see this. 
So that's that is really. Yeah, it's already aired a few times. Uh, it, it's already been in a couple other episodes, but they're doing the season finale, and that's gotcha. That's when it's it at its most climactic. I, now uh, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to watch now. Sure, sure. Oh, so that's, that's pretty fun. Cool. Um, I don't know how realistic and detailed it is in our sense of the word. Well, it, it has realistic colors and details, <laughs> everything else. It's. It's a, it's still a toy train layout. So we um, we I think we hold the work. Ideas. We always hold the work to a different standard. So when we see it, eh, it, it kind of goes back to Jake where we um. So my dad and I, when we used to do reenacting, would go extremely very um, with our own stuff, extremely uh, accurate because you can because mm-hmm. it's your thing and it's for yourself right. and you can spend more time and money on yourself because you don't necessarily have a budget if you're working on it for, for five years um oh you have a budget well you do yeah. but you know what i mean yeah but, but, we have a limited but, but, but what i meant was it, when you're doing it for yourself you can yeah. go overboard on the detail because right. you're not oh, yeah. there's no deadline you're constantly building your thing but right um, it goes back to that when we would watch movies about the Civil War, we'd see their uniforms and be like, "What the heck are they? What are they wearing?" Or it's because oh, it's because really critical. it's because there were we you know there were budgets involved and there's time involved and there you know yeah. so totally get it. And when you're building a layout like that, it's probably not what we would expect with like our layouts. Right, right. There ends up being shortcuts, and and it, it's a com- it's a combination of knowing what you can get away with and going. Well, I guess that's all the time we have. <laughs> Moving on. Right. So what, 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 so what they that. say is, is that these projects are never finished; they're just abandoned. You know, you get to the point <laughs> yeah. where you run out of time. You're just out of time. Yes. Okay, gotta go. You know, you're done. Okay, I guess it's done. You know, it's, and we're um, taking it out of your hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's out of my hands. Now. Something you said reminded me of something that a, uh, a mentor told me, an art teacher, uh, that, uh, you know, early on, I didn't want to sell my paintings. I didn't want to sell my work or anything. I wanted to keep it. I was, I'd be, I was so attached to it. And he just looked at me one day and he said, you know, you can always paint another picture, but you can't print your own money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I'm like, oh right. Now, now, I, now I get I it. I have the skills. I have the skills that I acquired doing it, so I can do it again if I need to. I can. So it's always. So you know, it's the same thing with modeling. You, you build it. You acquire those skills, or you acquire that experience in in, in creating it, and that's always yours. Right. You know, that you keep that no matter what. Even Definitely. if the model is gone or destroyed. Even if you don't you always have that. And even if you don't like what you did. So I was actually right. you still you still have the experience. Don't right? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And now don't judge me guys. But I you ever get stuck <laughs> on YouTube watching just like the weirdest thing, you're like, Oh the next video, I'll watch that. I'll watch that. Next video. Now you're like That's now, what they want you to do. I know. Yeah. I'm stuck in the algorithm. <laughs> I gotta get a way out. Anyways. Right. Um I was watching something the other night. I don't know how I got to this, but it was a guy that was carving uh, granite by hand. Oh, wow. And it was a it was like a documentary on how he carves these monuments. And uh, like kind of like when you go to a uh, any kind of national park or his, like a national battlefield, there's those big, giant hand carved uh, like dedications in granite or whatever marble and uh anyways he was saying and i i took this line that he said from what he's doing 
uh, when he's teaching apprentices on how to, how he does what he does. And you could use it for any art. And this was like the perfect thing for what we do too. And he was saying that he tells all of his apprentices that um, when you do something, even if you don't like it, just for if it's for a client or if it's for someone else, just step back. And when you're done with it, you, you step back, whether you like it or not, and you grab a, a beer or a champagne and you just celebrate your work, no matter how good or bad it was, because you learn something. And that, I don't know, whatever you said just now brought up a good point because you always take away from something. If it's Even if you're not happy with it, now, just because the fact that you don't like what you did, now you're a better modeler or you're a better artist because now you're looking at it going, I don't want to do that again. So, right. I just... I just thought it was funny. I was just watching that the other night and that, what you were saying was like exactly what he was just saying. And I'm, it was like a deja vu moment. I'm like, I just heard that. It's like, so yeah. yeah it, hopefully you've learned something. If nothing else, you've learned something. Even if you fail, you learn something. Yeah. You're, you're going to be a better modeler. Like the next time right. you do it. Right. Right. So cool. I didn't mean to take the steam away from and what you guys are talking about. Some of your no, best hey, ideas you know, and solve the problems of the world. Yeah. Also. Some of your best ideas and some of your best, some of your best, uh, some of the best things I've I've come up with, and other people will look at look at it and go, oh wow, that's really awesome. Were awesome mistakes, mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and I tried to fix, and they ended up looking nicer after you tried to fix them. You know, I mean, I've had that happen, and and um, you know, so that's yeah, definitely always learning, and that's that's what's great. That's what makes you a better model or a better artist or a better anything you do in in this world so yeah right well i know we got away from what jake was working on did you have anything else jake oh i was just gonna tell you about some of the stuff i've been uh acquiring over the last few uh or maybe few it should be several years (laughs) uh you know if i ever get around to building a railroad um i've always uh since i was a kid been impressed with the uh with the train trip from durango to silverton and so my SN3 collection is equipment that would allow me to build scenes from one destination to the other. And I've also done some laser design work to uh, build some of those structures along the way. And that's always been a passion of mine is, is to do that. And hopefully some of these model designs will work their way into Crescent Creek uh, uh, future kits. But the, the thing about the Durango experience for me is you come to this town, Durango, and you drive into town on the highway. When you get there, one of the first things you see is the roundhouse and the depot and the car barn and maybe some smoke coming out of one of the stacks uh, in the engine house. And so you really get the feel that, hey, this is a real working 1880s railroad town that still exists. Yeah. And so... It, it kind of fuels your imagination and it's kind of immersive, if you will, if, if you put that hat on and you walk down the streets and you see these old turn of the century, 1880s Main Street buildings. Right. And then you get on the train and the train gets further and further out of town and the, the train looks off the edge of the cliff mm-hmm. and you see the water and then you keep going up the canyon and all of a sudden the final destination is Silverton. And you get off the train and you're in the middle of an 1880s mining town. And so, you know, those are the things of my childhood that I remember and, and, you know, kind of wanting to carry this on in a hobby as well. Mm-hmm. 
And these, these are something, this is something I'm never going to forget. You'll never be able to take that away from me. Right. Uh, and so I've always been collecting that kind of stuff. I want to build, and I'm not sure what era. I think there's a part of me that got interrupted by Dave's uh, <laughs> same thing. It's like, what era? It's like, wow, I really kind of like the pre-automobile era. But I've been collecting equipment because it's been commercially available. That's more of the transition 30s and 40s era of narrow gauge equipment. And as much as I'd like to model uh, knuckle or uh, Lincoln pin couplers, diamond stacks, and box headlights, I'm not sure how much of that I can realistically spend my time doing. So I, I, I'm kind of trapped between these two worlds of wanting to model that mm-hmm. that uh, locale and that area or that those two eras so that's that's what my collection has been and and like i say i've been drawing stuff that i never really thought was going to turn into kits until this you know all kind of started to fuel together right and become something and to get off topic i i kind of have to thank dave because as much as todd met me and said (laughs) oh jake really wanted to do this yeah i wanted to do it and dave kind of completed all the pieces that were necessary of complementary skills so that we can pull this off. <laughs> well, that's good though. You need, so I, I you, need say, you need to be able to have someone that you can work with where uh, you're not both the same. Because then you know you're yeah. you're you're both complementing each other. I'm sure he would say the opposite of for what you just said. You know, he he's probably both fit right. into each other's things. You need to get done. No, I don't need Jake at all. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> when I brought that cutthroat, <laughs> there's cutthroat here. Wow. <laughs> no, no. Hey, no what a bird. Wow. Look what I started. No, hey, when I when no, I brought that story up, exactly right. Yeah. Well, when I brought that story up uh, back from November, uh, I had not known Dave, and um, but and I had just met you, of course, and I was listening to your story. I, I you know, I. I fully aware. I mean, the two of you guys together made this happen as a team, and it's wonderful to see. Um, the the spark I saw and the dream I heard in November was what I was talking about. How you got yeah, there? Yeah. How you got there is a, a is a production of both of the two of you, and the hard work that you put in it's it's impressive. So that's well, it's that's, great. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, none of this would have happened without the partnership between right. the two of us yeah. because in addition to uh, complementing each other's skill sets which we do um, having a partner uh, is is great because you have someone to inspire you with their work and also to kind of light a fire under your butt because I think you <laughs> said this earlier uh, you, you don't want to let them down yeah. You know, you, you, if you're just doing it yourself, you're like, eh, you know how we all get it. Eh, well, right. I'll just put it off until tomorrow. Sure. No, you you got somebody who's depending on you. Yeah. It, it really makes you step up. And I, and I don't know about Jake, but I need that. <laughs> you know, I need somebody who's like, yeah, we need to get this done. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's a, that's a, a really good uh, benefit of, of having a partner in, in any kind of business in a business like right. this, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brett and I uh, together, we, we singly, we couldn't do what we do um, mm-hmm. with just one of us. And, and uh, you know, it's a father-son team, but I, we can, I completely right. understand where you guys are coming from. There's things that we do to produce this show and to make things happen. It ha- the, both of us have to go and work at to make it to make these things come together and right. uh 
Sure. Uh, you know, and we built it as a pair. We couldn't have done it. We couldn't have done it by ourselves. I don't believe so. And even even so much as our modeling, we worked the model or the layout together. Mm-hmm. So we push each other. We push each other like Dave was saying. Uh, you know, hey, you know, you need to get this part done so I can get working on my end of this end of you know of this project. And um, right. for us, it's all it's all part of of, of putting content out on our site. Uh, and we couldn't do that without each without having each other to do it. Right. You know, I, I couldn't consistently put something up every night. And generally, we usually put something up on, on our website or to Facebook or something on a, on a daily basis. And having two people, you can do that. Having one person, it would be impossible. Right. And yeah, so, yeah, it's twice yeah. as much work if it's just right. one. Absolutely. So right. I'm going to keep this rolling, Dad, because we have uh, we're yeah. at an hour and a half. But um, oh wow, I'm going yeah. to get you <laughs> to I'm going to get my dad here to tell us what he's been working on, and I'm going to wrap it up with what I have going on, on my bench right now, and then um, we're going to call this right. one a night, guys. Yeah. So what do you okay. got going? Right. Well, right now um, I've got uh, the um, kit from Fine Scale Miniatures, uh, Baxter's uh, Building Supply Company. And uh, it's 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 been a lot of fun. It's on a 14 by 21 inch diorama, and I'm gonna build it. I'm building a piece of half inch gator board, and uh, I'm gonna drop it into the layout at some place. I have to, we'll have to find a footprint for it. If not, we'll make something happen out of it. But um, it's uh, it's 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 I, it's my first time building an FSM kit, and uh, they are truly uh, a treat. Know, you, yeah, they're a treat. They're, they're, it's it's a one. You know, it's my first time. You know, you know, built lots of smaller buildings, but this is a, you know, a five structure complex with uh, a running, um, uh, I guess, or concrete. Um, what we would call that piers, concrete piers, with the track on risers that goes over top of it, in right into the structure itself, and it's all. It's got handway track and everything else. I had to buy two, you know, I had to buy the rails and the and the the, the uh, uh, spikes and all the stuff that need to to happen. Now I only had to go 17 inches, so it's not like it's going to take much. And the directions are the directions that are written by George Celius are just amazing. And considering this has been done a long time ago, I'm just fascinated with how it's working out. Uh, in this kit. This is the first time I've done this where I'm actually building the actual scenery prior to building this, the structures to, to create this diorama. And I've not done that before. I've always just built the structure or built the structure onto the base and then built the scenery around it. And uh, this is my first attempt at trying to build the scenery first and then add the structure. So it's a learning curve and a learning process. The cool thing is, that, and I'll end it up with this, is... The cool thing is it is tips and the, the directions are four giant back front to back like road maps. They open up like a road map, like the old style road map you get at the, you know, the gas station. It opens up the directions open up like that. It's front and back and small print, mm-hmm. but it's well written and there's four brochures full of it stack a stack of cardboard templates that are precision done and to scale for most all of it so in the future if there's some kind of feature you want to build again you can dig out that template 
they go, ah, oh, here you go. I'll, I'll, I'll recreate this, you know? But so much is that what's cool about it is step by step with it, he's giving you inside personal George Selyus modeling tips, mm-hmm. which is just insane because I've, you know, I've modeled many structures. We've all done that. We've all seen work that we've all done, but I've not done some of these things that he has in here. I've not done it that way. So one of the things that we did on the live feed the other night was weathering uh, the concrete. And he had had me weather the concrete, we talked about it on the last show, was with a piece of charcoal briquette. You know, not the light up kind mm-hmm. with the fluid in it, but but the uh, a plain charcoal briquette. And I, so I, I said, you know what, I probably could get the same kind of results from from some kind of a black, uh, you know, or, or dark chalk, uh, chalk or some kind, yeah. And um, but you know, but I want to do it like he did because you know he's the yeah. legend, you know. And I want to do it like George did. So I got a I got a charcoal briquette, you know. And it was not easy finding them without the the pre lit, you know, the, the lighter fluid in them, the lighter fluid in them. But uh, yeah, it's 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 neat. I'm loving the learning aspect of doing this kit. I I think it's gonna go once I get this part done. I think the rest, the structural part, is gonna go a hell of a lot quicker for mm-hmm. me. But but um yeah, this is I'm I'm loving it. I'm having a great time. This is the most fun I've had building a kit. You know, in quite, not that the other kits I haven't done lately weren't a lot of fun. This one is extremely special for it for me right now. So yeah, cool. Well, I'm going to wrap, wrap it up with what I have going on, and uh, and then we're going to call this one a night, guys. Um, my kits, I have kits going on right now. Uh, my kits going on are the Sass, oh, excuse me, the Sass and Vinegar Works, obviously. That's going to take me another month or so, just because it's big and I'm taking my time. So that's from Builders and Scale. My dad and I are kind of doing these two big kits at the same time. Um, just two older intricate large kits and uh i'm working now on the walkway between the other side of the building so it's like four buildings i'm doing the walkway between them right now um so i'm working on that in between a couple other projects just so i can keep coming back and doing that one just for fun like an hour a night um in addition to that i'm also doing the kit that i had everyone voting on on our facebook page last week which was the um content well the the kind of the election on our page between two different kits, which was the Bar Mills, um, what was that? Captain Jack's Boathouse and the Atlantic Scale Modelers Dog Bar Lighthouse. And Dog Bar Lighthouse won, so right now I'm working on Dog Bar Lighthouse, which is an awesome kit. It's probably only going to take me one more night to finish. Um, it's a neat little build. It's a unique little lighthouse. And um, in addition to that, I'm also doing this uh, 124th scale Ford Ranger pickup truck. So I'm doing a model, I'm doing a farm pickup truck uh, on a 12 inch by 12 inch diorama scene of a, like a rundown and beat up old pickup truck on a dirt farm road. So uh, that's what I got going on right now. And all three are fun because all three are so unique. But Great. cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, um, I want to thank you guys for coming on our show. I know it was a long one, and uh, I appreciate you spending the time in the evening here talking with us and talking about your model. So um, uh, I hope everyone has a chance to go there and check it out. If you're into that scale and you're listening, definitely head on over there because they're not going to be around for long. And um, 
pick one up for yourself. So, we, and, and go ahead. I was going to say the link for the kits will be on our show description and on our website. So if you need a, if you need to find that, it'll be on everything Facebook page. It'll be everywhere. So um, head on over there and you can find the links to the kit. So. All right. Um, thanks for having us thanks. on, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah thanks. absolutely. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. And we would like to see you guys we'll do the we East will do Eats Meets. You got me saying verse. Uh. Eats Meets West. East <laughs> Meets West um, in September, uh, mid-September. How does yes. sound to you guys? So, good, good deal? Sure, good. we can do that. Awesome. I'm I can't it. wait. I'm loving it. So, all right, guys. Well, everyone have an awesome weekend and enjoy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will talk to everyone next week. Bye. <laughs>